Welcome to episode 103 of the Muck Podcast, a member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Listen in as we discuss the dark and sometimes weird true stories in American politics. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Hillary. <gasps> Hi. It's the holiday season. <laughs> you know what that means. I'm stressed. I hate everybody. <laughs> Traffic is a piece of shit. It's all fucking awful everywhere. Let's cancel Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas yeah. is canceled. I love we cancel you- everything else. Why can't we cancel Christmas? And I feel like that's what they say. There's a war against Christmas. Yeah, I'm leaving it. <laughs> end the fucking end Christmas. This bullshit. This I'm on pressure. board. I'm on board. Yeah. I will I will be the Calvary for yeah. that. Hey kids, get used to it. It's fucking over. It's over. Oh my god, we like burn a Santa in effigy. It'll be yeah. amazing. <laughs> Just throw some present at someone, like an old sock, and be like, here's your fucking present. We're done. Oh my god. Yeah. Don't hate us. Well, and also, no, well, listen, whatever. But like also, I feel like I've had this discussion a lot lately about telling your kids about Santa. Right. Yeah. And I don't know about your kids, but my kids are totally a, a know that this is not a real yes. thing or whatever. My kids so, are, I think, kind of okay with it. Like they get it, but they yeah. still have a lot of joy for the holiday season. Yeah. My daughter was devastated, devastated oh. when she found out. And oh. then my son was like, eh, I figured out. Like, yeah, oh, okay. that's, how, that's how, that's how yeah. my kids kind of So are. this is the first year though, that they're like, um, where they're like, here's my list. And my, my daughter goes, give this to Santa like winking at me and I was like thanks <laughs> but my son straight out like are you gonna buy me this or not like am I getting this on Christmas or not I'm like oh god I know I love it though I think it's so much fun I'm excited I really did my shopping yesterday we're a week out and I like did shopping because which I left your present oh, at home oh, by the way speaking of wait, yeah where's where's the present I got you um hold on hold on it's, be- it's behind you yeah, you completely to- forgot Tina's present at my at my house. Okay, sorry, I'm really sorry. I hope that maybe you, you open I, it next year. Okay, oh. I hope that you like it. Listen, it's huge. All right, okay. let's open I this did- thing. Oh my god! I'm oh, so oh, nervous. and let's I'm before nervous. we open it, let's mention that we're at Alfredo's apartment. Hi, because our families are fucking done with us at this point, <laughs> and so here we are, and we're going to do a special episode. Next yes. episode is like an Ask Me Anything. Yes, and it's our end of season, which we decided today. Yes, well, that's listen. That's when the best ideas happen is under pressure. Yeah, and I'm going to go along with anything you want to do, so I don't have to record next week. That sounds great. Okay. All right, there's two presents. Yes, let me open the small one first. Yes, okay. Oh, so, so this excited. is, it's, this is a silly, this is like a, you know, a little, that you oh! can wear when you roller skate. <laughs> I love Don't it. they look like roller skating Yes, socks? they're long and they say feminist <laughs> at the top. Super cute. I love it. Oh God. All right. Oh no. Well, I'm so, no, I, like, you're no, like you my know. mother. She always has to tell me if you don't like it. I'm like, oh, it'd be great. It's a framed, it's something framed. Oh my God, what is this, Tina? Oh my God, what is it? Tina? <gasps> oh my God, what? Oh my what? God. So, Tina. <laughs> oh my God. So I really, really, really wanted to get you. Oh, don't cry. I really wanted to get you something from the artist that you love online. And so, but she was sold out of everything. And so I found this other artist on Etsy who does like these comic book Phoebe Bridgers things. Oh my God. And I saw that and I was like, oh my God, like I have to get that for you. I love it so much. Yay. Oh God. You know how much I love Phoebe Bridgers. I know. (laughs) Oh my God. And it's just so, I love like oh, everything about, so beautiful. about it. 
So you know, I you know, I'm I just bought another print to put up in my new room. My new bedroom is going to be the shit, Ooh, honey. Everybody's going to want to hang out yes. in there. <laughs> and it's so hard with like art and things. You know, oh my you god! But it's I, so I, perfect. I, Look but at I, her pink hair. I know. I was oh, like, I think god. she'll love it. But Tina, you know, you done good. Oh, oh my god! Look, I'm crying. Alfredo, the, one, the day I'm crying, Alfredo's here to take a video of it. Proof that I might have a heart left. <gasps> Tina, Yay. fucking perfect. And the one that, your thing that's coming. Is so you that I can't <gasps> wait for you to open it. And I'm I have something excited. else for you, which I could tell you the no, other no, thing. Don't tell me. Are you okay, sure? Tell me. Okay, good. Because you're going to go see Bluebird today. I don't want you to buy it. But oh. I, oh, I told, maybe I told you already the tote bag. No. I got you the, to- oh, I got you the We Skate Mongo uh, tote bag Yay. from Bluebird. That's so funny because I am planning on getting something from Bluebird today. Yes. So. <laughs> oh my gosh. Absolutely Yay. fucking the best. <gasps> oh, Tina. Oh. Thank you. Merry this, Christmas, This is Tina. my soulmate. Oh, oh, Tina. <laughs> <laughs> I look at Alfredo. I love you, thank look you. Look at Alfredo's Yeah, face. he's like, oh, God, these idiots. Um, all right, let's keep going so that we have, okay. because we have a little muck we, today. Oh, my God, we God, have so much to do. Muck. What are okay. we doing? I have no idea. I, I know. All, I, I'm facing Alfredo's bar, and I'm like, well, what the fuck's over I there? I know. Wait a minute. Why aren't we I drinking? I know there's a huge gin bottle, which How I'll have to drink into. How are we not drinking right now? What's happening? <laughs> yeah. It's the holiday season. It's the time. If any time. We've been celebrating. It's, it's we have been celebrating, though, Tina. Let's not act like we haven't. And that's true. We went to karaoke on Friday night. Yes. Like, another fun karaoke yes. night. Somebody fell off a bar stool. Yes. That and was then, amazing. And poor Brad. Uh, they were eulogizing Brad oh, yeah, the somebody, entire time. Yeah, so this was the weirdest. <laughs> it was weird, but also like when I die, can you please have a karaoke night for me? And just yes, everybody randomly gets up and talks about sad shit. No, but it was too much. It's like say it once, yeah, and then we're like, we get it. Yeah, let's celebrate Brad through song. Yes, that's what we <laughs> yeah. sing. We're a song. terrible people. Yeah. No, but you know, no, no, it's R. not R. terrible. P. You're taking over a public yes. space. No one's interested. Yeah. Now, and of course I showed up and I was the Christmas angel of oh death. Oh my God. It was amazing. And that's what I said when I got on mic. I said, I'm the Christmas angel of death. And then I said, hail Satan. <laughs> and these fucking old people in the front row were like, excuse me. And then I sang a song by a well-known homosexual. It was, it was beautiful. George Michael. It was beautiful. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. It was the best. So. Are we ready? Yeah. You go first. Oh, wait, 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 oh, wait, wait, oh. wait, wait. I went to a party last week and I talked to Emmanuel George, who had been on Lil Muck before. Yes. He wants to come back on, which I think. Yes. yes. Hello. So many things to promote. And also state rep uh, Marie Woodson yes. wants to come on the podcast. Oh, and she's, she's so, so great. She's trying to do a lot of work too for uh, people living in Haiti that are suffering right now. She's a yeah. Haitian American. And uh, she wants to come on here and talk about how the Biden administration will not meet with elected yeah. officials, these Let's Haitian American it. elected Let's officials. We need to call things They've been out. asking for a meeting. And it reminds me of Manuel Oliver, who's been standing, yes. who, who was standing outside the, the White House for two weeks. His son, Joaquin, was killed at Marjorie Stoneman yes. Douglas. And he just wanted to meet with the president and try to hold him accountable for the things that he said he was going to do about gun violence. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he finally got a meeting, but it wasn't with the president. It was like four aides or top people, whatever right. administration. But it wasn't... What he was it, asking It wasn't for. what he wanted. Yeah. And the thing is, the difference here, folks, between, you know, Trump supporters and, and people who voted for Biden mm-hmm. is that people who voted for Biden will call Biden out on stuff that needs to be called well, out on. That's what we want. That's what we want, right? That's what you're supposed to do. Right. Like, we are not supposed to turn our elected officials into idols and gods that we yeah. just worship. And then, and then regurgitate their excuses yeah, for why they're break. not doing shit. That's disgusting. I know. All right. So 
Should we just get into Let's it? Let's get into it. Because we get a little mock and we're yes. going to do our special like Ask Ooh. Me Anything episode. Oh, I'm first. Yes. Okay. Like so him. today I'm going to cover, well, it's the, you're looking at me excited. Don't get too excited. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> we're going to cover the murder of Fred Hampton. Okay. And I realized when I was doing the story that this is like the third story in the recent, like the last few episodes that I've done about the FBI and oh. their shady shit. And I think it's Don't because Don't come I, after us, FBI. <laughs> yeah, you're fantastic. We love you. Don't, yes, please. I'm just telling a story. But it, I think it's because I've gotten one from the other, from right, the other. Right, like you right. go down that rabbit hole yeah. of like finding information. So Fred Hampton was a leader in the Black Panthers and was oh. basically, not basically, he's assassinated by the FBI. And there's all this evidence that, like, this is the thing that happened. And, uh, you know, of course, at the time, we were in the Hoover era where it was like, we're going to yeah. go after people no matter what. And so, I don't know, it's a really interesting story. And he was really young. He could have been somebody who did a lot for the movement and then yes. was just... Was oh, just I, I can't wait to hear about this because right. I'm not familiar with this. All right, let's do it. So Fred Hampton was born August 30th, 1948 in Illinois and moved with his parents to Maywood, Illinois, 10 years later where he grew up. And both of these places are suburbs of Chicago. Um, his parents had moved for, uh, north from Louisiana as part of the great migration of, of African-Americans in the early 20th century out of the South. They both worked at the Argo Starch Company in Summit Argo. And as a youth, Hampton was gifted both in the classroom and athletically, and he hoped to play for the New York Yankees. Um, but he couldn't accept injustice ever. Like he was always doing things for other people, trying to make the world a better place, right? Yeah. At 10 years old, he started hosting weekend breakfasts for other children in his neighborhood, what? cooking the meals himself in what he what could be described as a precursor to the Panthers' free breakfast program. Like oh, they, my and, God. And, you know, the Black this Panthers are credited with goosebumps. that, like, yeah. You know you get free brec breakfast at public schools? You can yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah. The Black Panthers are credited with, like, starting that idea. That's incredible. Yeah. And so that he is was incredible. Of, I know. 10 years old. Oh my God. I can't get my son off the fucking uh, Nintendo Switch. Like such like an altruistic heart I know. at that age. I know. And understand that people are in need and that you can do something. Yeah, and I this other this. kid, he's feeding other kids. Oh my God. I know. So in high school, he led walkouts protesting black students exclusion from the competition for homecoming queen and officials and, and calling on officials to hire more black teachers and administrators. I, I'm like, just why, why isn't this in all of our history? Books? I know. Oh, he was incredible. So he graduated from Proviso East High School with honors and varsity letters and a ju junior achievement award in 1966. He enrolled at Triton Junior College in nearby River Grove, Illinois, where he majored in pre-law. He plans to become more familiar with the legal system to use it as a defense against the police. In 1966, he turns 18. Right. So he's young. Wow. At the time, he started identifying with the third world socialist struggles, as well as reading communist revolutionaries, Che Guevara and Ho Chi Minh. Um, he became active in the National Association of Advancement of Color People, the NAACP, and assumed leadership of its West Suburban Branch Branches Youth Council. In his capacity as the NAACP youth organizer, he demonstrated natural leadership abilities. From a community of 27,000, he had was able to get about 500 members of this youth part of wow. the NAACP. Yeah. He worked to get more and better uh, recreational facilities established in the neighborhoods and to improve educational resources for Maywood's impoverished black community. Okay. All this, and he's 18, no, 18 like just out of high school. Yeah. It's incredible. It's really incredible. incredible. So about the same time that he was... Uh, successfully organizing for the NAACP, the youth, the Black Panther Party was beginning to rise and get national prominence. 
And he was quickly attracted to this the Black Panther's approach, uh, which was based on a 10-point program that integrated black self-determination with class and economic critique. So um, he joined the party and relocated to downtown Chicago. And in November 1968, he joined the party's Illinois chapter, which was founded only in 1967. So he was right there from the beginning. Yeah. Um, in 1968, he was accused of assaulting an ice cream truck driver, stealing $71 worth of ice cream bars and giving them to kids in the street. Hey, I'm not, I'm not opposed to that. <laughs> he was arrested and convicted and um, sentenced to two to five years in prison. No. Yeah. This, that's stupid. I think it gets, that's stupid. I think it gets dismissed because okay. he never ends up going. I mean, come on. I know. So writer uh, Frank B. Wilderson III places this incident within the framework of the Co-Intel Pro efforts to disrupt the Black Panthers of Chicago, in this uh. case by, quote, leveling trumped up charges. So I've talked about the COINTEL Pro before um, in episode 99 when I covered the FBI harassment of act actress Jean yes. uh, Seberg. And it's short for the Counterintelligence Program. And it was from 1956 to 71. And it was a series of covert and illegal projects conducted by the United States FBI, aimed at surveilling, infiltrating, discrediting, and disrupting domestic American political organizations. I mean, come on. Right. Come on. And only the organizations... That's part of our right. Yeah. And That's only the organizations that go against that white, right. Give you me know, a break. fucking political system that they can't stand it. God yeah. forbid. So in 1969, Hampton, who is now a deputy chairman of the uh, Black Panthers of Illinois chapter, conducted a meeting condemning sexism. This is kind of a side note. I just wanted to include it because yeah. I thought it was awesome. But after 1969, the party considered sexism counter-revolutionary. Like, like it was never even discussed before. So it's like they're starting to... This is amazing. I know. In 1970, about 40 to 70% of party members were women, which I thought was kind of incredible too. Yeah. Over the next year, but black women are... I mean, I was that's, just They're always say, there, right? They're always doing that, that work. Yeah. Like they are, are yeah. what win us elections. Yeah, absolutely. Come on. Absolutely. Over the next year, Hampton and his friends and associates achieved a number of successes in Chicago. Perhaps the most important was a non-aggression pact among Chicago's most powerful street gangs. This I find incredible. He started what was called the Rainbow Coalition. Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah. Oh my God. Where I they get covered all of, in goosebumps yeah. again. Yeah. Which I think Jesse Jackson was also involved in, but he started it on the streets of Chicago with getting all the poor whites, poor Latinos, getting all these gangs together and people together to organize because we're all in the same boat. Yeah. It's the rich versus us. Yeah. They don't give a fuck about us. Right. Wow. I know. Which is dangerous. Yeah. to the FBI and the government, right? Of if course. all these groups get together and start recognizing that uh, they have the power and people right. out there elected don't, really. I mean, they don't like that. God forbid. Well, because so, people... We were just watching this show on... Um, I don't even know. I think it was on HBO and it's about... It was a documentary on HBO about people addicted to heroin and mm. it traced them from like 1984 to 2020. Oh, these wow. These three people and like they're going to jail, they're robbing and... You just see when they went to jail, they ended up better off than when they were oh on my the God. streets. Jesus. And, and, and we were talking this morning and, and it's the idea that, that we don't have things in place mm. for people who are in these low economic situations or returning citizens out of jail to help support them, that they are better supported, mm. incarcerated right. than they are on the streets is a problem. Absolutely. It is a problem. Mm. Like if we're supposed to be this first world nation, we have a problem in America, and and that's that's one of the things. That, like, why are these gangs starting? Right, because p they're trying to find ways to survive. Yeah, give me a break. And they're they're from areas where they don't really have a lot of options. Yeah, right. You know, and it's right. a, it's a family too. It's right. a family. I mean, thing. they would come out. They would come out. Like this one guy came out, and um, 
I, I think he was Puerto Rican. He came out and he ends up living with someone who's like a heroin addict and his mm. parole officer's like, you, you can't live with them, but he, where else is yeah, he going? Right, right, So right. like the more that they try to stay clean, they're surrounded by it. Oh my God. It's terrible. Yeah, it's never any cycle. Yeah. And the system is almost based on them continuing to fuck up. The system yes. makes more money that way. You yes. don't pay your, your fines. You don't pay your fees. They add up. You lose your license because right. you haven't paid these things. It's like, it's a never ending cycle. And you have to report cycle. that you're a felon when you apply yes. to jobs. How do you, you get a job? Get jo- I mean, How do you get housing? All of those things. It's, everything's wrapped up in it. So, you know, how do you... But how do you break a system that's built on you failing? Right. And is built and it's going to keep you failing. Right. And the people who are at the top don't care, right? Because no. they're going to turn their nose down mm. and they don't have empathy. Right. Give me a, ah, I know. What are we going to do? So emphasizing that racial and ethnic conflict among gangs would only keep its members entrenched in poverty. Hello. Yeah. Hampton strove to forge an anti-racist class conscious multiracial racial alliance among the Black Panthers, the Young Patriots organization, which was young, was white, and then the Young Lords, which was the Puerto Ricans, uh, Puerto Rican gang there, under the leadership of Jose Chacha Jimenez, leading to the Rainbow Coalition. Okay, I love so, this. I know. He met uh, the Young Lords in Chicago's Lincoln Park neighborhood uh, the day after they were in the news for occupying a police community workshop at the Chicago 18th District Police Station. So hey, they were fucking shit up too. Let's do it. Yeah, and he's like, well, you should all be doing this together. Yes. Right? Um, so later, the Rainbow Coalition. It's brilliant. It is. It's brilliant. Of course it is of course later the rainbow coalition was joined nationwide by students for a de- democratic society the brown berets uh the american indian movement i mentioned in the yes. last episode and the red guard party oh my god yeah so they're going stronger yes in may 1969 hampton called a press conference to announce that the coalition had been formed and what what the coalition groups would be would do was based on common action some of their joint issues were poverty anti-racism corruption police brutality and substandard housing and if there was a protest or a demonstration the groups would attend the event and support each other right so they're all showing up i love this and this is 1969 yeah and guess what Mm. 2021 Mm. we're still having all of these same issues of course listen it's the system. I love protesting. Yeah. But is that going to break the system? Right. I don't know. We've got to put, if it's to pr- put pressure it's, it's, on a certain it's, issue, it's, it's, I get it. But it's about electing. We have to. It's a, the elections yeah. is where the fuck it's at. Yeah. Who's in power is all that. That's yeah. the end of the day. That is what it's about. That's it. <sighs> I know. I mean, listen, I don't want to get into the Democrats right now. No, please. <laughs> the federal level. Jesus. So Hampton rose quickly in the Black Panthers party and based on, because of his organ, organizing skills, being able to talk and give these yeah, amazing and speeches. Seems, he's, and like his he's brilliant. Yeah. 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 So once he became leader of the Chicago chapter, he organized weekly rallies, participated in strikes, worked closely with the Black Panthers local people's clinic, taught political education classes every morning at 6 a.m. and launched a project for community supervision of the police. Wow. Yeah. And he was instrumental. Wow. Like I said earlier, he was instrumental in the Black Panthers free breakfast program, which was a big deal for these communities. And Bob Brown, who had started the party in Illinois, when he left the party, Hampton assumed the chairmanship of the Illinois state Black Panthers. And he's still a young man at this time. He's got to be early 20s. Yes. Very. Yes. So this made him... Uh, a national Black Panther deputy chairman. So once you're on this one level for yes. the state, you're also on this like federal. So he's, you know, he's out yeah, there, right? He's moving and shaking. Yeah. He's, he's doing things. Yes. So, uh, but the FBI's coin Intel Pro uh, <sighs> began to decimate the nationwide Panther leadership and Hampton's prominence in the national hierarchy increased rapidly and dramatically. So he's now a target by the FBI. Great. Um, eventually he was in line to be appointed the party's central committee chief of staff. So you know, wow. he's moving along. So a little bit about the FBI investigation. They believe that Hampton's leadership and talent for communication made him a major threat 
among the Black Panther's leaders. It began keeping close tabs on his activities, and um, investigations have shown that FBI Chief J. Edgar Hoover was determined to prevent the formation of a cohesive black movement in the United States. Oh, my God. One person made these these decisions. Hoover. Every time it's Hoover, Hoover, Hoover. Ooh, not good. God damn. I know. Um, he believed that the Panthers, the Young Patriots, Young Lords, and similar radical coalitions that Hampton forged in Chicago were a stepping stone to the rise of a revolution that could cause a radical change in the U.S. government. And we talked about Hoover before. He's very old school. Yeah. He doesn't, he'll do whatever it fucking takes to protect the Republic, right? right? Like, that's all that he's about. He doesn't give a fuck about breaking the law. He doesn't care about stepping on uh, civil rights, privacy rights, nothing. He will do whatever the fuck it takes because he thinks he's doing the right, right thing for the country. For America. Right. But there's a whole... And can't get out of there's line. There's a whole group of people that yes. belong to America too. That's right. That deserve and rights. Are, part of being an American yes. is we can say fuck the system, yes. fuck the government. That's what we're allowed to do. <sighs> Hoover. So they opened a file on him in 1967 and they tapped Hampton's mother's phone in February, (gasps) 1968. And by May placed Hampton on the bureau's quote agitator index as a quote, key militant leader. Holy, he's got to be like 21 years old. And let's not forget also that the groups that they were targeting, like, like a Gene Seberg, like I mentioned on that, that actress and the black Panthers, they were also going, they were doing the same things to like the KKK, right? They, they lumped all these groups together. It's ridiculous. So fucking crazy. It's ridiculous. So in late 1968, the racial matter squad of the FBI Chicago field office recruited William O'Neill to work with it. And he had recently been arrested twice for interstate car theft and impersonating a federal officer. So, oh, so oh, he's like a mole. They're going to yeah. send him in. So in exchange uh. for having his felony charges dropped, he received a monthly stipend. O'Neill agreed to infiltrate the Black Panthers as a <gasps> counterintelligence operative. Oh my. I mean. So fucked, bro. It's so fucked. This, this to me is crazy. That yeah. The FBI just like. Police. Yes. I mean, I, you hear, you read about it. We've seen movies about it, but yeah. just like the idea of a mole. I know. You know, so he joins reporting back. Yeah, Ugh. he joins the party and he quickly rose in the organization, becoming director of chapter security and Hampton's bar- bodyguard. Oh um, no! So he's privy he's right to in there. Everything. Oh, yeah. Yes. Holy crap! In 1969, How do the you FBI that duality in well, life. It doesn't end up. Well. I mean, he. I don't think he handled it well. So Ugh. in in 1969, the FBI special agent in charge in San Francisco wrote Hoover that the agent's investigation had found that in his city, at least, the Panthers were primarily feeding breakfast to children. Right, like so they're not doing. They're anything. monitoring the Black Panthers in every state, right. and this guy's like, um, here in San Francisco, they're just basically feeding kids that are hungry. Yeah. So there's really not a re- why are we doing this? I mean, these are real fucking documents. Yeah. This is not why you know it was already told. It's like memos. This. It's memos yes. that are now part of files. Yes. So Hoover responded with a memo implying that the agent's career prospects depended <gasps> on his supplying evidence to support Hoover's view that the Black Panthers was, quote, a violence-prone <gasps> organization seeking to overthrow the government by revolutionary means. And, and you quote. know what's crazy, and you know what's crazy, is that growing up, mm-hmm. I don't know if this was true for you, but growing up, you know, 80s and 90s, yeah. when there were conversations about, you know, the Black Panthers, it was always like against like yes. Martin Luther King, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, Martin yeah. Luther King was like, you know, peace, civil disobedience. Yes. But the Black Panthers were radical. And yeah. like, that's how, that was the narrative. Well, that's that where, is this the, is where it starts. This is this where it's coming from. from. This pl- is where it's yes. coming from. They plant stories in newspapers. Oh my God. And it's, and, and you don't know any different, right? right. Like you're expecting that when you hear especially as a kid growing of course. up like that was sort of the idea that, that one was more radical and violent than the other movement yes. and that does not seem to be right 
you know, accurate. You're right. I, and, I completely and, and forgot this about is, that. And this is garbage. Yeah. And now you have someone who's like, oh shit, my career's on the line. Yeah. I so better now, find something. Yeah. So now it's going to be bullshit. Oh my God, dude. Oh my. Meanwhile, someone's life is on the line. Like you're talking about yes. somebody's life. Wow. Saying that they're violent. They're wow. a black man and they're violent in 1969. Yeah, Not mean, good. Meanwhile, he just wants to help yeah. his community. Yeah. Get a better place. Oh my God. You know. So by means of an anonymous letter, the FBI sowed distrust and eventually instigated a split between the Panthers and the Blackstone Rangers, which is another one of these gangs, right? Oh. And so they're already, now they're, now they're going to pit wow. these two gangs against, what they're wow. calling gangs against each other. Um O'Neill instigated an armed clash between them on April 2nd, 1969. This is the are mole. You ki- are you kidding no. me? No. And the Panthers became effectively isolated from their power base <gasps> in the Chicago ghetto. Sorry, that's what it was written. I mean, neighborhood. So that the FBI worked to undermine its ties with other, other radical organizations. So that's what was happening while, you know, so they're trying so, to get so a rainbow there, coalition. So, yeah. So if there's this armed conflict, mm-hmm. people then probably died. Um, yeah, well, they, they do start the, the police and the black Panthers start going back and forth and, and people, some people do die. But all of this, a, like all this, of this isn't the result of the black Panthers doing no, anything. No, it's the FBI. It's the FBI. Oh my God. So, um, O'Neill was instructed to create a rift between the party and the students for democratic society whose Chicago headquarters was near that of the Panthers. The FBI released a batch of racist cartoons in the Panthers name aimed at alienating white activists who were working with the Panthers. It also launched a disinformation program to stop the formation of the rainbow coalition, but the black Panthers did make an alliance with the young Patriots and young Lords. So those three groups were still tight. Right. And repeated directives, repeated directives. Hoover demanded that COINTELPRO personnel investigate the Rainbow Coalition, quote, destroy what the Black Panther stands for and, quote, eradicate its serve the people programs. So they're well fucking aware of what's going on. How do you fight a machine? I have had this conversation 10 times this week. I have no idea. Like, I want to know how you pull just one pin out and the whole fucking things fall. There has to be something. What is it? What is it? I don't know. I, I think it's people rising up, yeah. but it's but, all but of us clearly, together. But clearly you can't rise right. up because they are so, uh, even now, yeah. right. If back then, imagine, but today with privacy on our computers. Oh, it, forget about forget it. Forget it. How do you us. even rise up? Ooh. You got to disconnect. Do you think the muck's on a list somewhere? Ooh, Hi, that would be so hot. Yes. Put Hi. me, make a file. How are you? Yeah. Hey. I can send you a cute headshot for the cover <laughs> <laughs> folder if you're looking for one. Hello. Oh so, my God. So, um, Documents secured by Senate investigators in the early 1970s revealed that the FBI actively encouraged violence between the Panthers and other radical groups, and this provoked multiple murders in the city, in cities throughout the country. On July 16, 1969, an armed confrontation between party members and the Chicago Police Department resulted in one Black Panther member mortally wounded and oh. six others arrested on serious charges. In early November of that year, Hampton traveled to California on a speaking engagement to the UCLA Law Students Association. There he met with the remaining Black Panthers national hierarchy who appointed him to the party central committee. So he makes his way up there and soon he was going to take the chief of staff, be a major spokesman for the party after this. Right. Yeah. But that doesn't happen. Um, So while Hampton was in California, Two Chicago police officers, John J. Gilhooley and Frank G. Rappaport, were killed in a gun battle with Panthers on the night of November 13th, and one died the next day. A total of nine police officers were shot. Spurgeon Winter Jr., a 19-year-old Panther, was killed by the police. Um, Another Panther, Lawrence S. Bell, was charged with murder. Um, In an unsigned editorial headline, quote, 
uh, headlined No Quarter for Wild Beasts. The Chicago Tribune urged that Chicago police officers approaching sus- suspected Panthers should, quote, be ordered to be ready to shoot, end quote. I mean, this Again, is... Again, a this paper. Is, yeah. Who, an un, un, anonymous editorial by who? Well, Hoover? Yeah. Who wrote right. that? Right. I mean, this is... Cr- and that sways people. Oh, of the course. police are the good guys. Well, of course, you know? of course, and especially then, right? Oh, yeah, because we absolutely. did not hear. This isn't. It, it, it's not it, today. Everybody was on the side people, of the police, right? Right. They and didn't do anything wrong, right? As part of the larger COINTELPRO operation, the FBI was determined to prevent any improvement in the effectiveness of their leadership, and the FBI organized orchestrated an armed raid with the Chicago police and state attorney on Hampton's Chicago apartment. Wow. So this is where it gets real fucked. Um, they had attained, obtained detailed information about the apartment, including a layout of furniture from O'Neill, the guy who was this bodyguard, <gasps> oh, right? Oh, God. The mole. An augmented... I mean, how does he li- How did he live with himself? I, I don't... Girl. An augmented four-man team of the state's attorney's office was organized for a pre-dawn... They must have their own, like, team, like right. a police security team for the state attorney's office. That's all I could get, like, I really figured from it. So they organized a pre-dawn raid. They were armed with a search warrant for illegal weapons. Um, on the evening of December 3rd, Hampton taught a political education course at a local church, which oh. was attended by most of the Panther members. Afterward, uh, as was typical, he was accompanied to his Monroe Street apartment by Johnson, who was the yeah. mole, and several uh, Panthers. It was Blair Anderson, James Grady, Ronald Doc Satchel, Harold Bell, Verlina Brewer, Louis uh, Trulock, Brenda Harris, and Mark Clark. And O'Neill was already there, having prepared a late dinner for the group that they ate around midnight. That's the mole. When he was making the dinner or making a drink, he slipped a seco barpital. Barpital. It's like a, a sleeping agent <gasps> into the drink of Fred Hampton. No, and he consumed that during the dinner. <gasps> and in, it, they did it in order. He did it in order to sedate Hampton so he would not awake during the raid that was coming that night. Lee. So not only is he have infiltrated, he's become a part of this group. Yes, but he's, he's spying he's po- and he's poisoning he's someone. He's fucking poisoning someone on the direction of the FBI. Wow. Okay? Wow. But and how do they even trust that he's going to put the right amount? He could, he could OD and die on this. I mean, it's just insane. Um and so Because and I then, mean, you got to be pretty knocked out to not hear a raid in your apartment. Yes. Well, he gets really knocked out. And so he so then O'Neill leaves after dinner. Oh, like, he's like bye. Nice. Right. So and then and Hampton's like, I'm tired, or he yeah. probably just conks out. He does. So at about 1.30 a.m. December 4th, Hampton fell asleep mid-sentence while <gasps> talking to his mother on the telephone. No. Although Hampton was not known to take drugs, Cook County chemist Eleanor Berman oh. later reported that she had run two tests, which each showed evidence of barbiturates in Hampton's blood. An but FBI, that's that sleeping agent. Yeah. An FBI chemist failed to find similar traces, but Berman... Oh, of course yeah, they hi, did. Hi. But Berman stood by her findings, and the office of the Cook County State Attorney's Edward Hanneran organized the raid using officers attached to his office, right? So now we're going to get into, like, what happens at the apartment. So before this, Hampton had recently strongly criticized the state attorney's office, saying that Hanneran's talk about a war on gangs was really rhetoric used to enable him to carry out a war on black youth. Right. So he's kind of antagonizing this. Not that anybody's should, house should be raided, but like right. Hanneran's like, let's go. Right. So at 4 a.m., the heavily armed police team arrived at the site, <gasps> divided into two teams, eight for the front of the building and six for the rear. At 445, oh at 445, they stormed the apartment. <gasps> Mark Clark uh, was sitting in the front room of the apartment with a shotgun in his lap because he was on security duty. The police shot him in the <gasps> chest, killing him instantly. 
So Clark's, he didn't even, he wasn't no. aiming a gun. No. Oh my God. Clark's gun discharged into the <gasps> ceiling when he was the one he was holding the shotgun. The single round was fired when he suffered a reflexive, reflexive, uh, death convulsion after being shot. Right. Oh. So his, his fingers on the trigger and he gets shot and then it and just, it just his finger goes off. This was the only shot from the Panthers. Oh my God. No other fucking gun was fired by them except this thing, this gun, which isn't even a shot into the ceiling. Right. Uh, Hampton, uh, who was drugged by the barbiturates, uh, was sleeping on a mattress in the bedroom. With I mean, Johnson. he doesn't even hear a gunshot. No. And he was sleeping next to his girlfriend, Johnson. Uh, I forgot. I'm sorry. I, I don't have her first name. Her last name is Johnson, who was nine months pregnant with their child, oh, by the no. way. Oh, that's nice. Uh, police officers removed her from the room while Hampton lay unconscious in bed. Then the raiding team fired at the head of the South bedroom. Uh, Hampton was wounded in the shoulder by the shooting. And according to the National Archives and Records Administration, quote, upon that discovery, an officer shot him twice in the head (gasps) and killed him. Why? Well, the whole point of the raid is to kill him. Oh, my God. That's the whole point of why we're going there. I thought they were going to just, you know. No. The point was like, let's falsify they want him to be subdued and- so that they can kill him wow they want him to like like shooting fish in a uh was a fish in a barrel is that right yeah yeah that's what happened wow yeah fellow black panther harold bell said that the that he oh heard this God. following exchange he heard uh quote that's fred hampton and someone said is he dead bring him out and someone wrote he's barely alive and someone said he'll make it and that's when they heard two shots <gasps> oh my god i know so no, th- this is this is Where's his family? They, they deserve something from this. Yes, absolutely. According to Hampton supporters, the shots were fired point blank at Hampton's head. Oh and according to Johnson, an officer then said he's good and dead now. <gasps> Hampton's body was dragged into the doorway of the bedroom and left in a pool of blood. Oh my God. The officers directed their gunfire at the remaining Panthers who had been <gasps> sleeping in the North bedroom. So Satchel, Anderson, Brewer, and Harris were sleeping in there and they were all seriously wounded, then beaten and dragged to the street. Why? They were arrested on charges of aggravated assault and oh attempted murder God. of officers. Oh my God. They were sleeping. Okay. They were each held on a $100,000 bail. And in the early 1990s, Johnson was interviewed about the raid. And um, he said, I believe Fred Hampton was drugged. The reason why is because when he woke up, when he woke up the person, uh, Trulock woke up, he said, chairman, chairman, and he was shaking Fred's arm and uh, it was folded across his head. And then he said he just raised up really slow. Like he was slow motion. So he's still drugged. Yeah. And his eyes were open. He raised his head up real slow and his eyes went towards the entranceway of the bedroom and he laid back down and that's the only movement that he made. So it's like he was out of yeah. it. Right. Oh my God. I know. So the that's seven disgusting, I know the seven Panthers who survived the raid were indicted by a grand jury oh my God. on charges of attempted murder, armed violence <gasps> and various other weapons charges. <laughs> Tina's so fucked up. It's insane. These charges were subsequently dropped, obviously. During the trial, the Chicago Police Department claimed that the Panthers were the first to fire shots, but a later investigation found that Chicago police fired between 90 and 99 shots, while the only Panther shot, like I said, was Clark's shotgun when they first came in the apartment. After the raid, the apartment was left unguarded, and the Panthers sent some members to investigate, accompanied by a videographer, Mike Gray, and stills photographer, Norris uh, McNamara, to document the scene. And this footage was instrumental in proving that the raid was his assassination. Thank God. The footage was later released as part of a 1971 documentary called The Murder of Fred Hampton. (gasps) 
After a break-in at the FBI office in Pennsylvania, the existence of COINTELPRO, an illegal, this illegal program that the FBI was running, was revealed and reported on. So that's how that wow. all comes out. And with this program revealed, um, many activists and others began to suspect that the police raid on Hampton's killing was conducted under this program. And one of the documents released after the break-in was a floor plan of Hampton's apartment. Oh, my <laughs> God. Another document outlined a deal that the FBI brokered with U.S. Deputy Attorney General Richard Clondison to conceal the FBI's role in Hampton's death in the existence of COINTELPRO. This is wild. I know. So um, at a press conference the next day, the police announced that the arrest team had been attacked by the violent and extremely vicious Panthers. Oh, please. And they had to defend themselves. That's why there were so many shots. In the second press conference on December 8th, the police leadership praised the assault team for their, oh quote, my God. remarkable restraint, <gasps> their bravery, and professional discipline in not killing all the Panthers that were present. The restraint, it was 100 bullets. You guys should be happy that just one person wow. was killed. Not, not, wow. not, we, should, we could have killed everybody. Wow. Right? Photographic evidence was presented of, quote, bullet holes allegedly made by shots fired by the Panthers, but reporters soon challenged this claim. Thank God an for internal, the First Amendment. <laughs> an internal investigation was undertaken, and the police claimed that their colleagues on the assault team were exonerated on any wrongdoing, concluding that they, quote, used lawful means to overcome the assault, end quote. 5,000 people attended Fred Hampton's funeral. Um, he was eulogized by black leaders, including Jesse Jackson and Ralph Albernathy, Martin Luther King Jr.'s successor as head of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. So he had a lot of beautiful people come to his funeral. Oh, He's 21 years old, Dina, 21. God. Um, in his eulogy, Jackson said that, quote, when Fred was shot in Chicago, black people in particular and decent people in general bled everywhere. Oh. Quote. Four weeks after witnessing Hampton's death at the hands of the police, Johnson uh, his girlfriend gave birth to their son, Aww. Fred Hampton Jr. Civil rights activists Roy Wilkins and Ramsey Clark uh, subsequently alleged that the Chicago police had killed Hampton without justification or provo provocation and had viol violated the Panthers' constitutional rights against unreasonable search yes. and seizure. They further alleged that the Chicago Police Department had imposed a summary punishment on the Panthers and a federal grand jury did not return any indictment against any of the individuals involved with the planning of the execution of the raid, including the officers involved in killing Hampton. O'Neill, who had given the FBI floor plan of the apartment yeah. and drugged Hampton, later admitted his involvement in the uh, setup, and he ended up committing suicide oh my on January God. 15th, 1990. <gasps> he probably could. Oh, I don't want to no, speculate I mean, why I, someone come on. did that, but it's crazy. So wow. there was a, a civil lawsuit. In 1970, Good. the survivors and relatives of Hampton and Clark filed a civil lawsuit uh, starting with the civil, stating that the civil rights of the Black Panther members were violated by the joint police FBI raid and seeking $47.7 million Good. in damages. 28 defendants were named, including uh, Hanneran, who was the state attorney at the time, as well as the city of Chicago, Cook County, and federal governments. It took years for this case to get to trial, which lasted 18 months, and it was reported to have been the longest federal trial up to that time. Wow. After its conclusion in 1977, Judge Joseph Sam Perry of the United States District Court for the Northern District of Illinois dismissed the suit <gasps> against 21 of the defendants before jury deliberations. So before the jury could even fucking wow, go. But what and about say, what about his wife and child? Okay, we'll get it. Okay. It's not over. So after the jury's deadlocked on the verdict, Perry dismissed the suit and against the remaining defendants and the plaintiffs appealed. They're like bullshit, right? Yeah. In nineteen seventy nine, the United States Court of Appeals for the Seventh Circuit in Chicago found that the government's 
government had withheld relevant documents, thereby obstructing the judicial process. So reinstating the case against 24 of the defendants, the Court of Appeals ordered a new trial. Good. And the Supreme Court of the United States heard an appeal by the defendants, but voted five to three in 1980 to remand the case to the district court for a new trial. And in 1982, the city of Chicago, Cook County, and the federal government agreed to a settlement in which each would pay $616,333, which is equivalent to about $1.65 million today, to a group of nine plaintiffs. So they had to split the $600,000, including the mothers of Hampton and Clark. <sighs> the $1.85 million settlement uh, was believed to be, well, at that time, was believed to be the largest in a civil rights case. Wow. Um, G. Flint Taylor, one of the attorneys representing the plaintiff, said, quote, the settlement is an admission of the conspiracy that existed between the FBI and the Hannerin's men to murder Fred Hampton, end quote. <sighs> and that's the story. <sighs> Tina. It is awful. I know. It is awful. I know. I would love to know what his son is doing today. Oh, I was thinking the same thing. We'll have to, we'll have we'll to, have to do a follow-up. Yeah. Which I'll forget about, but <laughs> it's a good <sighs> idea. Well, sorry. Um, is yours okay. fun or? Kind of. Oh, boy. <laughs> kind of. It's not, it's not murdery. Okay. And it's like a, you know me, it's like a short and sweet. All right, let's do it. I'm Rob. I'm Nick. And I'm Joe. I love it. I think it's kind of meh. And I've never seen it. We're keeping up with the Cardassians. A podcast covering seven seasons of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. But that's not it. We go down the wormhole of pop culture, life, and Garrick. New episodes every Monday. On your favorite podcasting platforms. You can also interact with the show on Twitter at Cardassians Pod. And just like the Ferengi, we can't wait to stroke your lobes. Today, I'm going to tell you the story of the gun-toting, QAnon-supporting... Oh, no. U.S. House Rep out of Colorado, Lauren Bobert. Yes. <laughs> this cunt bitch. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's do it. <gasps> How did you stomach this? It was hard. Oh, girl. And I feel like I didn't do. Oh, my god. I, I mean, gosh. I'm touching on. She's done so much. She's the so worst. I'm she's the worst. Oh, my God. So Lauren Boebert first made a name for herself in political circles for her gun rights stance and her support of the Proud Boys and QAnon conspiracies. Oh, my God. But when she continues to fuel hatred, bigotry, and fear, many wonder if her present and her past will catch up with her. Oh, so wait, what's the deal? See. Yeah. All right. So our story takes place in Colorado. And the thing that I think makes me so upset about this is that we have amazing uh, people oh in there God. like Brianna Titone who we spoke yes, to on yes. our podcast and then we have Bobert who is like this attention seeking whore Ooh. who sucks up all of the spotlight yeah right and she's not sucking up the spotlight because she's doing all these wonderful things she just wants attention yeah like that's it she's a, a spotlight whoa oh my god so my husband says <laughs> here's a great thing that I think you'll like that Bobert is what happens when you feed Sarah Palin after midnight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was great. <laughs> Ooh, I love a good Gremlins reference. Yes. Oh my God. All right. So wait, can we talk for a second about this type of 
politician because I find them uh. fascinating in another way where I was just saying to somebody today that like there are more people who keep their heads down and right. do work like Christine Hunchofsky yes. or Marie Woodson like here in yeah, Florida. Yeah, and we talked about that last week. It should just be boring. Just do yeah. the work. There's, this isn't about doing this the work. When, when when we know maybe, let's say we know a handful of, poli- of federal level politicians. When I say we, I mean the entire country. They know who Lauren is. Right. But I think that they know that because she's a loud mouth. But yes. there are so many more people you don't know who right. are serving right now who are amazing who are working yeah who are, who are actually are, doing the work they go back to the district yeah. and they don't go the republicans won't yes. let us do anything they fucking go here's no. the shit i she, did for you guys she's like time. a little baby trump she wants to be on yeah. twitter all day yeah. and she just wants attention 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 just, attention there's attention. something there's something so infuriating about someone who who is not there to do work no and, and, which is a really no. important it's a really important she just job wants the you camera know? on her face it's not about you it's about serving the people yeah, but she doesn't you, care yeah all right sorry all right so Believe it or not, Bovert grew up with Democrats. Oh, God. And Politico reported that she once said that, quote, my mom believed the lies she was told, that she needed government to raise her five children. Because her mom, you know, did, wow. I guess, have government support. So she mom had, gets thrown under the fucking yes, bus. This yes, is who we're talking about. Yes. Dirty. So, um, and she was a high school dropout, and there's no shame in that. But she, you know, um, ended up, I think, getting her GED later on. And just to give you a little sense of Bobert, um and her like obsession, I feel like she has an obsession with guns and the Second Amendment. Yes, um, she and her husband Jason own a gun-themed restaurant. Oh my god! And what? the restaurant is called Shooter's Grill, Ugh. and it's in the in a city called Rifle, Colorado. What is going it's on? So it is so gun-themed that the waitress is actually open carry. Like that's the whole point. Like the waitresses what? all have all have guns on them, like all of the time, and that's what draws people to the restaurant. Like the the like these other Second Amendment like oh my yahoos. God, it sounds like a fucking nightmare. It does. I feel like like who wants this? Who? I don't know. I'd be frightened. I'd so, be scared. An ABC News article from 2014 talked about her restaurant and Bobart, who was then 27, um, and a mother of four at the time. I don't Jesus, even, I know. Uh, shared how she puts on her uh, sparkly belt for, for strapping on her nine millimeter. And apparently just a year after opening, the restaurant was so popular that they would uh, sell out of food regularly. Like that's I just mean, how many people how are going you, there. But how do you send a meal back? I don't know. My I'd chicken's afraid, cold. Yeah. I could be like, uh, is she going for the gun? Well, I mean, what are you, what's going on? The only thing I like about the restaurant is that the menu ha- is, is full of puns. So, oh, so the puns though are like, <laughs> you know, you can order a Swiss and wet and a Swiss and Wesson, or you can order a guac nine, like the guacamole, like it's stuff like that. Who? I have no idea. I, it's so, it's so ridiculous. But, who, but do we need this? Do we need this I mean, as a restaurant? I don't think so. I mean, Jesus. I, don't think so. I mean, a bunch of armed waitress. What if somebody's having a bad day? That's what, what I'm saying. I, I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. And I know that they think, I'm sure at some point she's like, this is the safest restaurant in America. Yes, but I yes, would feel yes, in danger. Yes. I'd feel in danger in that fucking place. So journalists at the time, though, were reporting that not everybody was happy with this restaurant. Um, and they argued that this type of environment that hypes open carry only serves to glorify guns. And mm. with the never-ending stream of gun violence that we have in this country... It's no wonder that folks don't want this. And especially remember uh, the Aurora shooting you oh, know, that's happening Jesus. in Colorado. Yes. Like, I can understand that people are like, what, what the hell are you doing? We don't need more guns, right? 
It's just so, uh, you know, even with the, the, listen, Columbine was there. Am I wrong? Columbine was in Colorado. Yeah. Then you have the Aurora, the movie theater, yeah. right? Like it's almost, I don't know. I feel like it's such a disrespect to even victims of people who yeah. knew everyone at those places. Like, what are you doing? It, it just doesn't make sense. So Politico uh, also reported that she claimed that they opened Carrie because there was a murder that happened near the restaurant. And so when this supposed murder happened, she ends up getting a lot of media attention because she uses, she kind of exploits this man's death to say like, oh, that's why my waitresses open carry. We have to be safe. And then the media goes there and now people know about her restaurant and it kind of generated business, I think, for her. Um, But according to CNN... No murder. The autopsy reports oh. and the uh, the police records at the time indicated, so there was a man who died like near the restaurant, uh-huh. but he was unresponsive and he died due to a meth overdose. Oh so my God. So he didn't die from a murder, but she exploits the situation. Oh my God. This is like who we're dealing with, like someone that just wants attention, that uses people. But it's so, it's such a lie. It's a lie. She's How just does- a liar. A le- alleged liar. What? Don't sue us. This has been proven, though. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I know. Oh, no. Don't Come sue on. me. No, 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 no. So, Let's go. Another thing that threw her into the spotlight was her brash uh, refusal to follow COVID protocols. Mm. So at the time uh, when COVID happened, uh, Governor Jared Polis, he was saying, like, there's all these mask mandates and all of that and, like, restaurant closings and things like that. And she um, defied the law and refuse to follow any of the protocols and this is the other thing like for the law and order right we're the law and order yeah, party they don't want to follow they don't want to follow they want to pick laws. and choose they get to pick and choose what, what laws what they're they gonna deem. follow and what you're gonna yes, follow it's so the fuck out they of don't here. see it they don't uh, they don't see their hypocrisy so did it it must they, uh, did they get shut down or did they get anything like that against a restaurant because they weren't following rules i mean i think she had some she had so fines. much stuff against her restaurant wow so um but besides owning this unique restaurant bover uh also has had an arrest record oh so political reported that she was arrested for disorderly conduct Ugh. at a country music festival oh which i God. think is so funny how like, bad is that behavior? you know i just feel like she was probably like sloppy drunk screaming there's you know a, there is like, a sorority girl ugh, element happening ugh. here she, that girl can't handle her booze i guess Uh-oh. Uh-oh. can't handle it girl <laughs> better get it together <laughs> embarrassing <laughs> so um <laughs> she also had arrests for not appearing in court and she was summoned for harassing her neighbors. Um, imagine living oh next door to this I lady. Can't. Oh my god! Or like having to like be related to her. Oh god! It's just like you. They my just mother must... doesn't love me anymore. Oh my <laughs> well, god! Well, maybe you should stop talking shit about her. Making Christmas very uncomfortable, Lauren. So can this... I bring my gun to Christmas? I know. Mom? <laughs> no, God. Leave it in yes, a please. Car. We're so over you, Lauren. Yeah. I know what we can do. Let's all shoot at the presents to open them. No, Lauren. <laughs> small children here. Oh, God, Lauren's coming. (laughs) So this freedom seeker, she doesn't seem to enjoy, like we said, following any of the rules. Like, you know, um, having a license to serve food, that would be an important thing. (laughs) So Wait wait a minute, what? (laughs) So allegedly Politico talked about how she had opened the second restaurant and they were serving pork sliders and there was like a rodeo and they served tainted pork sliders Ugh. and all of these people got sick no. from the food because she wasn't licensed. 
you know, and there's regulations, right? Yeah. There are regulate. Everyone's like, want to deregulate, deregulate. Their regulations are there yeah. for a reason. Yeah. So people don't get sick. Right. But, but those rules don't apply to they her. They don't apply to her. And then her restaurant, like the main one, Shooter's Grill, had about eight tax liens against it. So like oh they're not God. paying taxes. What is She's this? just doing, she's doing whatever she wants. What is this? But she gets elected. <sighs> you know, like this is her past. Ugh. And it's like, people don't care. Um, she was also, the New York Post reported, she was also arrested for careless driving after rolling into a ditch and that she no-showed for the court appearance on that. Oh my, get the, this is like the parents in fucking Michigan. Like the yes. rules don't apply to them. Yes. They could do whatever they, they want. They could do we whatever we want. We don't it's, do anything. It's wild. So uh, Denver Post website cites another incident from 2010 and I couldn't get a lot of details from it, but she was a suspect in an animal complaint case. What's and that? I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what that was about, but there was that. Jesus. So as far as politics, this is really her first go. And she ran on COVID. She ran on mm. conspiracies. And yeah. she ran on the right to bear arms. Right? And this is back in 2020. And maybe in her fresh, area. She's a freshman. Yeah. But maybe know, in her elected. area, this is what people are involved with. Like, you know, right? This has to and be. I just feel like she barely has any experience in the political realm. Mm-hmm. Right? And she collected petitions um, she did spend time collecting petitions to repeal a law that wanted Colorado to join the National po- uh, Popular Vote Compact that would end the Electoral oh, College. Right. And um, and I know I feel like I talk about this ad nauseum, and it's great, like, she went out and collected petitions for something she believed in, whatever. People do that all the time. But there should be some experience for a U.S. House seat. Run for your local commission. Run for the school board. Like you're, I can't imagine the balls to just think that you can suddenly, with no experience at all, just say, I'm going to be at, in D.C. Uh, sitting on, on committees. I hate, to, I hate to inform you, but we ha- just had a U.S. Congresswoman elected who had zero political experience. Am I wrong? Didn't that Sheila McLeakley Mc, 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 got District 20? She has never been elected before. You it's it's incredible. I, I, how are we not talking about Dale Holness suing everybody about not winning that race? How fucking know, great is this? I know. And she hasn't given all these financial disclosures. I like, know. And, I, she, and she's I, not getting, I the just, Sentinel won't endorse her. They will not endorse her yeah. because she's not turning over fucking information, money information. Yeah. She's got tons of money. What's Where's going it, on what's there? Going on? What the fuck but is going on? But elected to a U.S. House seat. <sighs> That's what I'm saying. You know? Here and, we go. Uh, by promising people money, by the way. Promising yeah. people $1,000 a month. Right. Yeah, we're not going to see a thousand dollars. It's much, very so. upsetting. That's upsetting. But it's ego. It's this ego. Yeah. Like, if like, why? Why suddenly? I would never in a million years go. I can be run for a U.S. She's house got seat. that weird confidence. That you know, that bizarre backwoods fucking confidence where you're like, how in the fuck? Right. And really, you know, um, it was COVID. You know, mm. that that was People the thing were, that yes, year. COVID. 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 Yes. Yes. And she leaned on it. She condemned the COVID restrictions as, quote, the heavy hand of government <laughs> that were making people do what they say, you know. And uh, she reported that at her events, barely anyone would wear masks. And again, this is in 2020 at the height of the pandemic. Wow. Just complete carelessness. I can't imagine how much complete COVID. how carelessness. Yeah. And how many people got COVID because of her restaurant, because yeah. of her fucking give rallies. Me a, give me a break. Wow. But again, the voters voted her in and it's it's like is it her fault or are these uneducated voters or people who just like we talked about last episode they like to see a a a, a 
a sideshow. A, a lunatic. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Clown. It's a it's a clown. It's I think it's both. I think it's both. The nerve of somebody to run who's a fucking clown right. and then then actually presenting herself as if she's a real candidate and then people eat it up. Um, like I was saying, she lies all the time. Mm-hmm. And Colorado News Online reported that she lied about her volunteerism. So when she was like stumping um, for being elected, she would talk about volunteering. All I the always, time. I'm always curious and, if these are real things. Yeah, that and she say. said that she spent seven years volunteering at a jail, and it turns out it was only nine visits in a two and a half year period. So that's like what once every three months or something. Jeez. And she also lied about her prior arrests. And she lied, because I guess you have to fill out, like, have you been arrested? Yeah. Do you know anyone, like, close to you who has been arrested? Yes. And um, her husband was arrested. For what? Um, well, a couple of things. Woo! He spent four <laughs> days in jail for exposing himself to a minor <gasps> in 2004 at a bowling alley while she was with him. And he told, oh yeah, he told these girls that he had a tattoo on his penis and then he pulled his penis out to try to show them. What the fuck are you saying right now? Yes. She, yes. She's married to him. They're married. God, that sex must be crazy. That sex must be crazy. I don't even know. I mean, they got four kids. Um, I know, but no, that sex is nuts. That sex no, is crazy. No, yes, it's cra- She's crazy. He's something. fucking crazy. Uh, whipping his dick out at a bowling alley. I never see shit. I never see a dick at a bowling alley. Ew. We were just Who there. Wants- no- <laughs> Listen, but do we want to see? Hey, I don't care. Even if somebody, we- I- <laughs> <laughs> I, it maybe Let's depends. Go. Maybe it depends. Mm. So then Context. he spent, um, I, I allegedly, um, I think, cause I saw two different days accounts, but he had spent seven days in jail for physically assaulting and harassing his then girlfriend, now wife, Lauren. What? Yeah. Oh, this is a Judge so, Judy episode. Yeah, so, Holy cow. Yeah. And, you know, uh, this is the thing that really kind of upsets me. And I understand that people who have been physically assaulted or suffer in an abusive relationship, like there's a cycle of that and it's hard to get away from them, et cetera, et cetera. But now she is a U.S. House rep. Mm. And Salon reported that she voted against the Violence Against Women Act. And meanwhile, it's, she's meanwhile, a, meanwhile, she yeah. was someone who suffered abuse. Maybe it was wow. a one-time thing. Who knows? Please. But rarely is it. But but you're not going to support other women when you have firsthand experience of what that's like? Wow. I, I, oh, she's a traitor. She's one of these white traitors. Oh, white my God. Traitors. Yes. Mm. So she voted against this. Um, so rather than helping other women, she said that the bill was really about allowing abortion and she what? tweeted, quote, this expired amendment should be thrown out like rotten milk. Oh, my God. But instead of being embarrassed by all of this, right, she um, she doesn't seem to have any shame. Mm. She brags <laughs> and denies about um, about most of her past. Wow. Um, referencing that arrest at the concert, she said, quote, I even got a pretty mugshot out of it. Jesus. Like she just she makes a mockery of everything. Yeah. And she's fighting about America and freedom. But like we said, like rules don't apply to her. Like there's a disconnect. Like that somehow she thinks that she is this freedom fighter. But yet she, I I don't know. She's so dangerous. She's just mugging for the camera. Yeah. She'll probably run for president one day. She, oh, she has to be thinking that. Yeah. It's one outlandish uh, thing out of, uh, 
after yeah. another. And in June 2020, just this year, she tried to have Biden uh, censured for his border <laughs> policy. Um, P.S. The last time that was ever done was uh, with Andrew Jackson. Just and, and she, <laughs> who she probably loves, and she shouted, "Quote: The Biden regime has punched our border patrol agents in the face." And this was um, after calling Vice President uh, Harris mm. cackling Kamala. So she's real mature. Yeah. Well. Oh God. She also caused a scene when she refused to walk past metal detectors installed after the insurrection on January sixth. Mm, that's right. Which she may have had a role in. Uh um that day she had tweeted, quote, today is seventeen seventy six. Wow. According to the New York Post. And she tweeted about the metal detector saying, quote, I am legally permitted to carry my firearm in Washington, DC and within the Capitol complex. And then another quote was that this was quote Another political stunt by Speaker Pelosi. So does she carry in the Capitol? Uh, she must. Holy shit. Yeah. Imagine that cuckoo. No. I wouldn't want to sit anywhere near her. I, I would be like, get the hell away from me. Like, get the hell away from me. Yeah. She's crazy. Yeah. She's well, got crazy eyes. She does have crazy eyes. So um, besides her but antics. She's crazy uh, and she's cute. Eh. No, but I know. But she's got that cute she, thing. But, but she's Republican cute. I get it. But you know she's, what I that's mean? dangerous. Yes. But that's a Sarah Palin dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Well, Ugh. they I like to look at her. Ugh. I mean, and then as women, she opens her mouth. We're like, what the fuck? But as Ugh. a straight man, they hear, wah, 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 yeah. wah, wah. And yeah. they're just looking at her tits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, look at, look at those yeah. breasts. And there's yeah. a gun on her side. Oh, yeah. my God. I'd yeah. marry her. Yes. So she's still, like I said, uh, pretty shady. And allegedly, according to NBC News, Bovert spent campaign funds on rent and utilities, which you are not allowed to do. <laughs> and um, when she filed, it was noted, though, that the money was returned and it was an error. So who knows what happened there? Mm. It was probably because they got caught. I don't know. Um, but the major incident, you know, she's done so much, but her last act really should be criminal, even mm. though it isn't. And I know that you know what this is, but um, it's recently she told the story mm-hmm. about um, Rep Omar. And I don't really want to repeat it. It's incredible. Um, it's an incredible I don't, quote. I don't, I, I, I just, I, I feel like I don't, I don't yeah. want to give, I, I don't want to give voice to that. If you want to know what it was, if you haven't heard about it, you can go find it online, but it's it's disgusting yeah so but essentially she uses um her this muslim colleague of hers as the butt of a terrorist joke yeah um at an event where she was speaking and it gets caught on video yeah and she immediately was called out on it uh with omar tweeting uh fact i'll I'll quote omar i love this this is great fact this buffoon looks down when she sees me at the capitol this whole story is made up sad she thinks bigotry gets her clout Ooh. yeah and and uh, Rep. Omar also hosted or um, ha- held a press conference yes. a couple days later. They're trying to get her, the the leadership in the House, to fucking yes. use this against her. And that press conference that you can go watch with with Rep. It's Omar, so good. Reading even emails and stuff she's oh, gotten yes. since this became public of what this Bobart said out loud or said at a place. She Omar has received so many insane threats, uh, threats, and she's reading them. It is fucking. It's awful. It's awful. And scary. It's, awful. it's fucking scary. And she d- no representative deserves that. And the, the fact that it's at the hands of another rep yeah. that is that is Who? a dangerous irresponsibility yeah. just because you want attention. Yeah. Does it there Ugh. and then 
can't doesn't have the fucking balls, she have the, the balls. courage to look at Rep Omar in the and eyes apologize. when she's walking she down a hallway. Give me a break. She won't even look at her because she's scared. She is, and she is she a fucking is buffoon. Scared. She's she like is, a, she, yeah. she ugh. Oh, but I thought that gun was going to protect her. She's Please. a fucking buffoon, is what she is. So, like you were saying. um, there have been calls to have her removed from committees. And as of this week, House progressives issued a resolution to have her removed from those committees. And she should be. Yeah. Um, and I don't understand why this behavior isn't punished. It should be punished immediately, right? Because at the workplace, you can't do this at the workplace. You can't do this at school, right? You would be in trouble. That This is like a, a workplace uh, uh, hostile well, environment. I mean, So I, why don't those rules apply at the highest level in this country? They do. They could do that to her. Are, I'm going to, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, so, but Democrats are in power, you understand? I understand. So where, and let's go. That, what are we they're doing? They're also pussies. They're yeah. They're going to do shit. They, well, they need to do it because they, do they are the problem. If they don't do this, it's their fault now. Well, of course. So Boebert did issue an apology. CNN reported that she tweeted, I apologize to anyone in the Muslim community I offended with my comment about Rep. Omar. I have reached out to her office to speak with her directly. There are plenty of policy differences to focus on without this unnecessary distraction. Well, that you caused. Yes. It's not a chicken and egg you situation. You caused it. It was you, bitch. Oh, my God. It was God. you and your big fucking mouth. But, and, and who cares about your apology? It's yeah. bullshit anyway. So, Cunt. and like the more, <laughs> the more that we do nothing, the more we normalize this behavior of these GOP electeds, right? We can't normalize this language. We can't uh, normalize these actions. And we did it with Trump, right? Yeah. We allowed it yep. with Trump. We yep. rolled the ball with it. Yeah. And we can't keep well, emboldening and these extremists any longer. And the reason we let it go with Trump is because we were like, we were all looking at it going, oh, he's fucking crazy. Yes, but, but what we didn't understand it's is that fault. there was people who were like, he's a genius yeah. oh we have God. to follow him to the so fucking promised gr- land so and so we don't understand that people are fucking stupid right. but people are the average person is fucking dumb and yes. they're gonna eat whatever you're serving but they you're will. not serving anything dems where the fuck is I the know. meal by the way where is the meal we're waiting and we're fucking starving and we're going into 2022 without showing anything what are we showing so the Senate can't fucking vote on anything. I, I, You're fucking it's, kidding it's so, me. It's such garbage. And the other thing is this isn't her first time blasting Omar. She did you know, it before. All the time. All of them. All the CNN's time. CNN's Chris Cezilla reported that she's referenced Omar as a terrorist before this. Yes. And also called her, quote, black hearted and evil. And she calls the squad, yeah. which is Omar AOC, the Jihad and Presley, squad or something. the Jihad squad. Yeah. She did that, that on alone, the fucking House floor. That alone, Dina. you should be thrown out of your seats. She did it on if the House floor. you are creating floor. a hostile work environment, you can be fired. Why aren't we firing people? Why isn't there legislation something? I don't understand. It's in every workplace. Probably because... How is it not at the federal level? All I can imagine... Is that it's Dems going when they get, when the Republicans get back in power, which is next year, uh, they're going to do the same thing. They're going to do the same thing against us. Right. That's why them, that's why Dems won't do anything. Oh, please. They're already doing it against us. Give me a break. We know how the words, we know how the words lead to violence. We have, we have have filled documents from almost a year ago on January 6th when all of this fucking rhetoric for the last four years built up and built up where people physically took that hate and and took it out onto yes. that building and they turned and they it will, they made it real that's right and if you think that this fucking rhetoric against rep omar will not lead to some sort of violence against her she's already threatened or other people i in can't the imagine community. how she lives come on this is bullshit it's bullshit so Fuck omar this. asked her because she had tweeted um you know uh i apologize to anyone in the muslim community yeah, not right? to omar but she did not apologize to omar and omar asked her to make a public apology for that most recent comment 
And as reported by uh, Saliza, uh, Bobart tweeted, quote, I will fearlessly continue to put America first, never sympathizing with terrorists. Unfortunately, Ilhan can't say the same thing and our country is worse off for it. Wow. I mean, disgusting. I, ugh. So I of just, course, there's when no, did we lose sight of like what America is? America what about just is being Rep. kind Omar, to people. You know? I mean, what what is it? It's it's a it's ridiculous. I've never heard of anything that that she that should be Bobart stripped and kicked out of her seat, not me. just out of committees, kicked out. I'd love Go to know one piece of legislation she's actually fucking worked on. Tell me one thing she's ugh. actually passed so, in, in Congress. Ugh. Fuck you. She's not working. So, um, of course, there's no charges and blah, blah, blah. So uh, some of the aftermath is the main backlash, aside from criticism, is that, like I said, this um, that, that they um, put forward uh, that legislation, like they want to have her censured, but they're also planning to, to create a special representative to deal with Islamophobia, not just in the States, but across the world. And Rep Omar talked about this um, and she put the bill forward to create this envoy and mm. it did pass the house. So, well, you know, there's something, well, I don't Senate, know where well, else it'll go. What's the Senate doing? Are I you going to vote on anything? So, or are we gonna sit um, here all fucking uh, day? And, and then the other thing I wanted to mention, which you already mentioned is that, you know, this puts her and other mm-hmm. reps who uh, might be Muslim or have any belief outside of Christianity mm-hmm. in danger. Yes. And for people who are like, we got to put the Christ in Christmas. Like, <laughs> what about putting it back in your fucking Christianity, motherfuckers? <gasps> I'm mad. Yes. Oh. Sorry. Because oh, they, they don't act in any way that, that, that is supposed to be Christ-like at all. Never. At all. It's the same thing. Everybody, it's they so, just want to pick and choose what works for them. Oh, all right. So it seems that, that, that the, the mugging for the camera may eventually backfire. Okay. So according to Jennifer Olden's political article, some Colorado voters are over her quest for celebrity and they want her to actually, you know, focus on the constituents and <laughs> yeah. their needs Yeah. because of the area that she represents, um, a lot of it is industry kind of based areas and you know it just seems to be this thing right like we have it in florida with uh, with stupid matt gates you know we saw in trump and she's just another embodiment of Mm -hmm. this like desperate need for attention and you know um the article focused on this it's called pueblo colorado and it's a steel town and she is opposing that infrastructure bill that they keep talking about Mm -hmm. um but this guy, Charles Perko, who's president of his local union, he explained that the bill int- um, includes an Amtrak expansion. And for that town, that could bring them years and years of work that they desperately need. Oh. So for her to vote against it, yeah. it's like you're so busy calling people terrorists, you know, shouting about guns mm-hmm. when there are people that may have voted for you. And now you're not supporting with these bills that are coming out because it's still like a a pretty Republican area. So I think like people in those areas are like, we don't have time for this. And uh, Pueblo Dem, Colorado State Senate President Leroy Garcia said, quote, people here feel Bobart doesn't represent their values. There's a lot of passion around seeing her removed. 
Wow. So, you know, it might be coming back to bite her in the well, ass. Good. And I hope so. But, but you know, so, that, this is what fucking kills me. Like they vote against their they, own interests. And they, but they, but, but they're used. And I don't, oh, well, I yeah, fucking hate that. They're I exploited. fucking hate that. That this woman went to these small towns and was like, I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to make right. sure that we get everything back on track. So all you have jobs, so people can fucking survive. Right. And, and she's she in does DC, nothing. She does nothing. Like a clown show. And Ugh. they're fucking dying. Like, what is she doing? It pisses me off so much. And, but guess what? Donald J. Trump is uh, supporting her in, he just endorsed her for her 2022 well, re-election. I hope the people that And I there, hope people say, yeah. go fuck yourself. Yes. Ooh, I'm cursing a lot like, today. I know, me too. I, I like it. Well, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, like I said, she is um, a little kooky. I want to do some points of interest. Mm-hmm. She really, truly believes that that 2020 election was stolen. <laughs> Poor thing. And there's a website that I want you guys to go to. It's put out by ProPublica and it lists all of her deleted tweets from Ooh. 2009 onward. Ooh. And it's so great because it lists the tweet. Yeah. It's, it lists the date that it was tweeted and when how many oh. seconds you know, it's like deleted after a minute, deleted after 30 <sighs> seconds, deleted after a day. Like Ooh. it gives you that information. What? Yeah. So I have the link to that. So because oh, it's like God. pages and pages and pages. I so I put that. a couple just to give you a taste of how gross she is. Um, she says uh, in one of her tweets, if you go to the ER and you see a person with a splinter get rushed to the back before a gunshot victim, I'm sure you'll question the integrity of the staff. So when you see illegals get service and funding before actual citizens, you too should question the integrity of the staff. Delete it after 33 seconds. Um, then she said, there are two nations in this nation that were created to glorify God Almighty, Israel and the United States of America. I don't care what it looks like right now. The United States of America and the people here will glorify God. We will exalt Jesus as Lord. Glory to God. Deleted after one minute. Because cr- crazy town. Crazy but who, town. Who do you think makes that call? Uh, uh, someone is probably her staff, her staff. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like who's, who's got to make that call? And then one more, uh, far too often Republicans in Congress have been too weak to respond to the socialist agenda that the left pushes. Now we see where it's heading and it's not pretty. I understand the threat and I will fight it head on. Delete it after a minute. Jesus. <laughs> oh God. And then uh, in November this year, she wore a let's go Brandon dress and she posed with Trump. And I mean, I understand that the dress means fuck Joe Biden, but it's so stupid. Like this well, whole let's go Brandon yeah. thing. And well, it's, I mean, look it's at our governor. Thought, our governor went to Brandon yeah. just to be like, Ooh, but it's, go the Brandon. Thought, like, it's the amount of thought and planning that goes uh, into it. Like would like at what point somebody, something occurred to her or some asshole around her was like, you should wear a dress that says let's go Brandon. Yeah. And then they had because to go they, get it made. Because AOC and, had that dress that said, let's tax the rich. Oh, right? right. And then it started way back with, um, well, Melania's, Melania's tra- uh, jacket. jacket, right? I don't care to you or what was it? Um, I don't really care. Yeah. To you or whatever it is. So like it started with that. And so it's like this tit for tat, but like you're walking around and and she did not like it. She, she did not look good in the dress. P.S. No. (laughs) She just stuck with her Ann Taylor law. Yeah. She, yeah. She's one of those annoying folks who gets her kids to pose with guns around the Christmas tree. Yes. So we talked about this last week. There was Massey who did it first. Mm. And then she has to ride on the coattails because she wants the attention too. He got all that attention. So, um, it's like, give it a rest, right? And one of her sons in the photo looks like really bummed out. 
Like well, they're all, I mean, these are children. Imagine a, having uh, to be forced no. to pose with, you know, uh, AR-15s or whatever they are, because I don't know guns, <laughs> in, a, in front of the Christmas tree because your mom's a, a lunatic. Well, they're, and his, the dad seems a little wacky. And, it, so and an egomaniac. Again, what's happening in this house? Where are vomit noises? We need vomit. Well, <laughs> like, like what's going on in this house though, right? Like how wacky must it be to live uh, in this I, fucking house? They're probably like, get me out. Yeah. Get I, me out. Or they're follow, or going to follow in their footsteps. Uh, what, I'm sure one of these four is like, please, one of when you am I going to be fucking 18? Go yeah, to like, college. It must Go be Go to a wild. liberal arts college. Could you imagine the bedtime stories? Ooh. Jesus. And then our Lord and Savior, Donald Trump. <laughs> right. Came down with his AR-15. Yeah. Oh, my With his God. magic golden bullets. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. So, um, and like I said, she's she is shady. One of the most recent things, um, she was asked to disclose her husband's finances. And oh, boy. And she said that he did some consulting work. Um, <laughs> For her but, campaign? But... Um, she just, it was just put as consulting work and that he didn't really make much money, uh -huh. but then come to find out that he made $478,000 consulting Damn. for an energy firm. Hmm. But you talked about what bills is she pushing? She's pushing a bill that would benefit the energy industry. Oh my gosh. Uh huh? This makes you wonder Bro. what is she doing? Wow. Who is she working for? Yeah. So that's it. That's that's what I have. That's oh the story God, of the Tina. conspiracy theory, gun-loving, radical rep, Lauren Boebert. Wow. Ooh. I did not. I mean, even when you brought her up, I thought you were going to talk about all the stuff that since she's been in office, I had no idea what she was up to beforehand, but holy shit. It what is, is she doing? It must have been fucking horrifying when she got elected there. They're oh probably like, what's going on? Yeah. And imagine having to like see her because she's got that like. I don't know. Oh, like, it's like, a like very, this, like, like, you know, like she does like, I don't know how to say it, but like she makes, like she purses her lips. Like, well, she's a know-it-all. she's got those glasses and she's like, eh. yeah, but she's a know-it-all in a way. And she's got this really Ugh. scary confidence. But, but then she, she what she starts Ugh. to talk about is it's so incredibly fucking racist and scary, yeah. but she still has this cheerleader. She's like a fucking cheerleader. Like, yeah. That's Evil, evil, you know and what dumb, I mean. But she's dumb, and I'm not trying to reference her looks. It's just like when you look at her, she looks like a um, uh, a beauty queen, like yeah. somebody you would see on the stage, like gliding al along the stage. Who's going to talk about world peace and everything? Yeah, and then no. she starts talking about racist fucking shit, yeah. and it's scary. It's like, get out! But people voted for that. It's I, I don't know. I I, 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 I still like feel so naive. I still feel so naive because I. I really think that there people are better than this, but we're not. Ninety percent of uh, people get elected is because of what they look like. That's what I think. Well, yeah, I mean, back right? in the Nixon Kennedy, remember, like yeah. the first televised thing I think that when they this... showed them side by side. Yeah. Who? Alfredo says no. Oh, oh. what their name sounds like. Bobert. Mm. Hey. Uh, yeah. Bobert. Ugh. <laughs> no. Tina, <laughs> no. She's so wacky. Ooh. All right. White. Yeah. White. Yeah. How's it Ugh. sound? White. Well, that's it. Oh, well, that was fun. Happy holidays. Oh, oh, she's got such a good voice. Happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the next line. I don't know either. <laughs> so good. I get to see Spider-Man in a couple hours. Oh. Bitch, I'm fucking stoked. I'm going to go see Jacques 
at his stall. Oh, yeah. At the Holiday Bazaar. I'm so, so awesome. excited. I'm going to go support Anti-Hate Adventure Boys. Oh, I love it. I'm hey, so- boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what we didn't talk about is when we went there. I was thinking about this the other day. Oh. When we went to go see him at Invasive Species, yes. they have like fucking amazing music playing. Oh, my God. The it's, music was amazing. Uh, like that Miami uh, we had the, um And um, we had those yummy drinks we had great yeah great yeah. drinks and then uh but they had they were playing like miami bass music yes. right? And, like, that we grew up oh with here my right God. and then they have a microphone and he was saying things and then he goes muck podcast in the hole <laughs> i was like yeah that's right and tina are the only oh two people God. like yeah <laughs> listen idiots, idiots we're blowing up do you know that oh we're blowing up we are blowing Whoop. up and you know what my Whoop. daughter told me the day she said I don't know if they're going to recognize me. I had a glow up. I was like, oh, oh you had a glow up? Okay, yay. okay. <laughs> she is adorable. That was so funny. I can't wait to see her. I've been seeing her in a little bit. I know. Because we recorded yeah. it. We've been recording at your house. Yes. Yeah, so you'll see her soon. All right, well, we're about to record a little muck oh with the gosh. amazing Denise Horland. Yes, so, so I'm super excited. Listen, Be on the lookout for it. And thank you for my gift. <gasps> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And Merry Christmas and happy holidays to everybody who's yes. listening. And we love you. We love your support. Thank you. And we will see you before New Year's. Yes. All right. Bye. Bye. If you want to see any photos or take a deeper dive into our stories, please follow the episode notes on our website, themuckpodcast.fireside.fm. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level. Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do it without you. 